Welcome to Instruction Interruption, a podcast to celebrate New Mexico education in every corner of our beautiful state. I am host Mandy Torres, the 2020 New Mexico Teacher of the Year. Join us as educators talk pedagogy and practice and even share lessons they have learned along their teacher journey. This podcast is sponsored by the New Mexico Oil and Gas Association and is produced in collaboration with the New Mexico Public Education Department. This week, I sit down with Jen Chavez-Miller, a veteran New Mexico educator who was named the National Geographic Teacher of the Year. But this is only one blip in what she describes as a beautiful teaching career. Now a teacher of teachers for Central New Mexico Community College, Jen has traveled the world through fellowships and has brought many varied experiences and perspectives to her students during her more than 20 years in the classroom. You not only will get advice on how to scratch the mid-career itch, but Jen also explains the importance of collaboration within the profession. We're never meant to do this alone. And so even in our work as in preparing to be a teacher, and I think the view, right, we see one teacher, one classroom, all these students, there's this perception that um, it is an isolating um, and contained, right, kind of existence. And that's not healthy. Um, And we know that that's not possible. And so in this time, any time as a teacher, but in this time particularly, we have to find our people and, and our, our teaching staff, our educational staff, those are our people. And then we find our people who um, we can complain to and then who are going to say to us, and what are you going to do about it? And we find our people who are going to be able to give us that advice, like help. I'm reaching out to those people who I need some advice from. And then um, we find our people who um, need us too. All right, New Mexico, put your pencils down and listen up. We're ready to interrupt your day with one of New Mexico's teacher leaders. Thank you, Jen Chavez-Miller, for joining us today. Um, And congratulations on your National Geographic Teacher of the Year Award. I'm so excited to hear about that and all this amazing work that you do. So you grew up in Albuquerque, headed off to college in the South, and ended up back here. So give us a quick snapshot of your background growing up here and how you landed in teaching. Yeah, thanks, Mandy, um, so much for the invitation to be here today and to be able to talk with you and to be able to talk about what we're all passionate about, which is um, teaching um, teachers and our kiddos across New Mexico. So yeah, I was born here in Albuquerque um, and I lived here until uh, I was about 12 and my family moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, And I went to junior high and high school there. And I think um, it was, being able to broaden my perspective um, in a new city, a a bigger city, a growing city, Las Vegas, and having new educational experiences that connected me with all sorts of people, um, with um, inspirational teachers. I had fabulous teachers here in Albuquerque also, but I think also being in in Las Vegas, there was a much more international perspective. Um, And that was something that intrigued me right away. So um, actually after I graduated from high school, I didn't go right to college. I ended up spending um, a year with an international educational 
um, organization called Up With People. Um, and so I, I, spent a year on, I spent a year on the road with them as a student right out of high school. So I was 18 years old um, and I was in a cast with 150 people from tw over 20 countries. So we were a, a microcosm um, on three buses and we got to travel across North America and Europe um, for a year. And so that was mind blowing, right? This kind of little girl from Albuquerque, New Mexico, having the opportunity to see the world and to meet people and to just really crack open what it means to be um, uh, like a global citizen. Um, and so I, when I had come back to Albuquerque and started college of, a couple years after um, high school, uh, I met I met my husband at UNM, we got married, he was in the Navy, and that's how we ended up in the South and how I ended up at the College, uh, at the college of Charleston in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and when he was uh, discharged from the Navy, we came, back to, we came right back to Albuquerque. And so we've been back now for um, almost 23 years. And so my entire teaching career has been here in Albuquerque. I graduated in May, we moved back in June, um, and it's been, um, yeah, it's been my absolute privilege to be able to um, educate children here in my home state of New Mexico. Um, and I have to say that I just, I'm one of those people that always knew I was going to teach. I loved school. I always loved school. It was just like the happiest place on the earth for me. Um, and I used to go to school and then I'd come home and play school. Um, and so being a teacher, I think was never really a question for me but being able to travel around the world so young, um, it really broadened my perspective of um, why I wanted to teach, how I wanted to teach, and how I felt passionate, even as a first year teacher in 1998, that um, the, the walls of our classrooms can and should be permeable so that our students are able to engage in the world. Yeah, I remember going to an Up With People show and I was, I don't remember what age it was. I just remember it and like all the singing and it was just like so uplifting and amazing. Um, so that's awesome that you did that. And then I also lived in South Carolina for a couple of years. Hey. Uh, yeah, I lived down uh, in the Bluffton Hilton Head area, but okay. you know, made a couple of trips up to Charleston and absolutely loved it. Fascinating, right? Because it's so very different from Las Vegas, but so very different from New Mexico. And being a Latina woman, in the South in the mid nineties um, was a fascinating, and being from New Mexico was a fascinating experience of um, geography and um, needing to, um, I, I did several presentations in my teacher ed classes to show where New Mexico was and how we were part of the <laughs> United States. <laughs> yes, you do get that, right? And that's why my English is so good. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was just excited, right? There was like the one Mexican restaurant and it was just like place that you go to. But, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great experience and I wouldn't change that for the me, world. Um, me too. So beautiful there too. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the green and being by the ocean was just amazing. The humidity was uh, humbling to say the least, but <laughs> yeah. I really, you know, at, on Christmas day, we'd go to the beach and that was, you know, it wasn't warm, but it was amazing to see the Atlantic Ocean on Christmas day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you touched a little bit on like your world travels. So I have to admit that I'm pretty envious of all the experiences that you've had through teaching. So I was looking at your website and it looks like you've been to Peru, Germany, Finland, Colombia. Um, maybe there was more too in there. Um, so first, how did those experiences shape your teaching and kind of your worldview? And what advice do you have for other teachers to go about seeking those kinds of experiences? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had um, just a really beautiful teaching career. And I think, um, you know, being able to look back, I think I I was able to say this even um, five, six, seven years ago, that um, I know the reason that I'm still in education is because of finding my people finding my people that are teaching next door to me in my school, across my district, across the state, but then being able to, um, to see and connect with teachers across the country, but, and across the world. Um, and teaching itself is a career um, that attracts people who are curious. We're curious. And if we are good at anything, we are amazing learners, right? And so having always the opportunity to keep learning and to keep growing in our practice, and also, I feel very passionately about the idea of um, we can tell our students what it means to go out into the world or to be adventurous or curious, um, but there's something different when we're able to show our students and when we're able to show our own children um, what that means. And as teachers, there are so many opportunities for us to engage in professional development you know, at the school level, local level. Um, across the country and on an international level. And so, um, you know, finding um, opportunities probably through, um, probably through like emails or, you know, uh, websites years ago that I would sign up for their mailing list. And now it's, it's more, more uh, accessible than ever with social media and how teachers are able to connect with each other across um, Instagram, Facebook, but particularly Twitter. And so I was always curious, you know, I I traveled the world and I was curious about having these um, opportunities as a teacher because being able to see the world through the lens of being a teacher is fundamentally different. And not only that, but many, all of these uh, experiences I've had being able to travel internationally as a teacher um, have been fellowships that have supported this work um, through funding, through funding my travel, through funding my housing, um, when I had the opportunity to do a uh, Fulbright fellowship in Finland, my daughter, she came with me. She was in wow. sixth grade. Wow. She, attended, she attended an elementary school in Finland for a semester. Um, and so um, I, would, I would say a couple things about this. I would say when we hit mid-career <laughs> or somewhere in there, um, we start to get a little tired, right? And we start to maybe get a little itchy. And I think that is that, that drive to learn and that drive to grow. And we can do it in all sorts of ways. Um, and one of the ways is being able to connect with educators uh, through this type of international um, professional development for teachers. Um, and so, yes, I've had the opportunity to travel to Colombia and work with um, a teacher in Cartagena for a couple of weeks and be in, embedded in her classroom with beautiful students um, for a couple of weeks and, and being able to learn about their educational system, but not only that, being able to see the work of one teacher and how impactful that is um, in a community so very different from anything I'd ever seen before. Um, having the opportunity to have a fellowship in Finland that was research-based um, and being able to explore um, my topic of um, global education policy and practice um, across the country, and then how that um, translates right on up to the classroom level, um, and being able to visit over 40 schools across the country of Finland um, for that semester, um, to being able to go to Germany um, 
through another Fulbright program and learning about their, um, their vocational education um, in Bavaria in, the, in southern Germany and thinking about how that applies to us, right? Especially when we're, um, when we're in the midst of college and career readiness education. What does that mean to prepare our students for college and career and being able to see um, a framework and a system that supports that career part through internships and through education, I think was really eye-opening. Um, and then we come back from these experiences and, and we might feel a little impotent. Like I can't implement uh, you know, a vocational system in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, but knowing how to, I think what I've learned is I know, I've learned how to take that creative energy, invest it in my classroom, invest it in my school, and to invest it in my community to make impacts and changes for, for myself, for my colleagues, but most particularly for the children that, that we get to serve. You know, I think that idea of global education is important now more than ever, right? Because we can connect so easily with people in other places and really just learning from each other. I mean, it's so amazing. You know, you have, you know, teachers who might, might be able to get on Skype with schools and other, you know, and other places across the world and just learning from each other. And it's just amazing, all of those things um, that technology brings to us and how it's just better connecting us and more perspectives. And I think that's so important that we give our students perspectives of many people around the world. So I love that you're doing that. Um, so honestly, I didn't know much about the National Geographic Award. Um, and then I was like, and I was thinking, oh, she must be like, doing all these amazing work in a science classroom. And then I started, I was like, she's an ELA teacher. She's a journalism teacher. Um, and I was a journalist before I became a teacher. Um, so I'm really interested in, in how do you got connected um, with and how you got on the radar with National Geographic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love teaching journalism. I haven't done that in years, but I, I am a, an ELA teacher. I'm a humanities teacher. I'm a, a social studies teacher. And um, I think in the midst of looking for opportunities um, to, um, uh, for, for professional development locally and, and internationally, you meet a lot of people and you meet people who have done um, other programs and you start to, um, uh, to be curious um, about those other programs. And so having a, a friend through a program who had um, been doing some professional development work with National Geographic and National Geographic Education, um, and they have a fellowship for educators, uh, formal classroom educators and informal classroom educators um, who serve K through 12 children, um, a fellowship called the Grosvenor Teacher Fellowship. Um, in which it's, uh, you do some pretty amazing professional development and you get to go on an expedition somewhere pretty amazing in the world. Um, and so when I, uh, I started looking into National Geographic, and of course we all know National Geographic, right? Like we grew up with National Geographic, this kind of iconic photography and iconic storytelling, and you see that yellow rectangle and we all have a have an emotional connection and attachment to it. And so they offer a um, educator certification program for, for any, again, uh, formal or informal educator. And um, doing that certification program, being able to implement um, a project in my classroom um, through the lens of geography. Um, and of course, you know, having my travel background and being passionate about the world, geography to me is what ties us all together. Geography is the story of us right? 
that is our story, geography. Um, and so just having a lot of excitement about um, what that means and these resources that I was able to bring into my classroom. And I applied for the Grosvenor Teacher Fellowship and I didn't get it. And I think that's an important part of my story too, that um, as teachers, we apply for things and sometimes we often, we don't get it, right? We try and we don't succeed. And then we try again. And that too is what we, we want to model for our students, that it's okay to try and not to succeed. It's okay to have some failure. It's what we do afterwards. Um, and that's the story I told my students. And when I applied the second time for the Grosvenor, um, I actually, the morning I got the call that I got that fellowship, I was telling the kids like, oh, I don't know if I, I did, haven't gotten the call. And if I don't get it this year, I think I'm just, you know, I'm going to try again. Um, and really 10 minutes later, the phone rang. Um, and the kids were like, miss, that was surreal. I was like, yes, yes, it was. Um, and I got to go on expedition to the Arctic. Um, I got to photograph polar bears and walruses. And I got to touch icebergs floating in the Arctic Ocean. I got to jump into the Arctic Ocean. And that changed everything. It changed everything because I thought that if I go to the Arctic, I was going to bring back video and pictures and storytelling to my students and that was going to be enough um but it was the moment when we were less than 400 miles away from the north pole um, at the end of may um we're in the middle of the ocean um past 82 degrees north latitude and there's not a whole lot of ice there's not a whole lot of sea ice we made it that far and it was in that moment that i recognized that it was about experiences right like I got climate change. I understood climate change in that moment in a way I had never felt it before. And then how do we give those experiences to our kids? Yeah. And so coming home, National Geographic offers grants to scientists, photographers, innovators, and educators. And I applied for a grant to uh, bring a uh, expeditionary experience uh, to our eighth graders at my school. Um, we got the grant and um, we were able to implement a project we called Vamos Explorar um, to have all of our eighth graders learn about wilderness spaces, wild spaces in New Mexico and have 10 days outside in New Mexico wilderness, including a camping trip in the fall and a, a four day backpacking trek into the Gila wilderness um, in, the, in the spring. And um, that was life changing. It was life changing for me, but it was life changing for our students who so many of them had such limited experience kind of going beyond, um, you know, kind of our local. Um, and even when we were at the foot of the Sandia Mountains in the Sandia Wilderness, and we could see this, the span of the city of Albuquerque before us, and we could look to the South Valley, and we could say, that's, that's, where, that's where we live. That's where our school is. And the kids, um, m most of them, not all of them, but most of them having that view for the very first time of what their world looked like and where they were and how they were able to have experiences outside of that. So taking 45 kids into the Gila wilderness, uh, I didn't do it alone. We uh, <laughs> were working in collaboration with a wonderful organization called the Cottonwood Gulch. Um, but taking 45 kids out into the Gila wilderness, most of them who had never uh, done anything like that before and having families trust trust kids and trust us, especially in, um, yeah, in kind of our current climate that relates to um, our children of color, um, our immigrant families, and our families um, 
our undocumented families as well. And that was a big leap of faith that our families took with their kids to give them this experience for them to travel south from Albuquerque, pass a checkpoint that was closed, but still it was very nerve wracking. And to um, not have cell phone access with their kids for four <laughs> days, that's a big risk. That's a big risk, but it's also a big opportunity because when we stand there in the Gila and we look at the valley and we're listening to the wind and a kid turns to you and says, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen or um, stops you and says, miss, just look, just look. We're having kids say, I didn't miss my phone. And I'm so glad I didn't have my phone because no one was, you know, I didn't have that social pressure. Um, oh, we're yeah. having kids play. They were playing eighth graders and being able to see themselves out in the world and being able to see that our wild spaces, our natural spaces are for them too. And so um, we did this big project over the year. We did videos. We did, uh, we did a, a radio um, episode with the children's hour where kids got to tell their stories. They got to um, read their narratives that were incredibly poignant. For example, many of them leaving home, uh, being away from their parents for the very first time in their life and how their world's perspective changed because they got to see even in our home state, they got to see something new and something pretty amazing. So that was all done with funding and support from National Geographic. Um, when you're a grantee with National Geographic, you become a National Geographic Explorer. So I got to go to Explorers Festival last summer and meet you know, the people that were just on the summit of Mount Everest who put weather stations up there and other educators, but um, other innovators from across the world and across fields. And being able to have those conversations and being able to share the story of my students and engaging that way. So I received an invitation to be on the National Geographic Teacher um, Advisory Council, their inaugural council with other educators from across the country and um, just doing my work, um, engaging with teachers across the country, doing professional development, bringing National Geographic into Albuquerque Public Schools last year where we did a, a, a big event, a big educator certification event. Um, and tying that with a climate change summit um, for our teachers. So when I got the call on January 4th from National Geographic that I had been um, chosen as their 2020 Educator of the Year Award, I, I still really can't explain it. I just am grateful and I'm so proud to represent educators from our home state of New Mexico. Um, we're a little bitty state here. Um, we're you know, a little bitty teacher in a little bitty state. Um, um, who had the opportunity to do some extraordinary, some extraordinary things uh, with and for our students. Well, I, New Mexico definitely should be proud of you. And what an amazing experience, the camping for those students. Um, that's, you know, that's something that they will never forget. Just amazing and, work. And I, I thank you. And I, I appreciate that. And I think, and I know we're going to talk about my work with, with early career and pre-service teachers here, but I think it also helps us as educators be able to show and not tell um, our early career teachers that teaching is in our classroom and it's beyond our classroom and that this is what teaching can be too. Teaching can be connecting our students to the world, you know, through, through technology um, and through experiences and through opportunity and those experiences come to our students through us and we as teachers and we as lifelong learners, that's right, we, we pride ourselves in being lifelong learners, 
it makes us better teachers. It makes us better. I'm a better mom because of it. Um, I'm a better, like everything because of it. And I've had a joyful, awesome career. And I know that my students have, you know, I know that our students have benefited. And I think that's important for teachers too, to feel like they have that motivation and something that's driving them. Um, you know, it worries me about burnout. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about getting that made career and teachers just kind of burn out. But if you have these things to keep you going and, and all these amazing projects and things that you're kind of signing up for just to, you know, to keep your learning going. And Mandy, I see, I see the work that you're doing, you know, to connect teachers and to keep teachers motivated and to your, use your year here to continue your professional development and growth. And I think what you're demonstrating also is um, we were never meant to do this alone. Like we cannot do this without the community of our, of our other educators. Um, we, we just can't. And so when we reach out, um, we're, we're going to be better. Absolutely. You know, and when I talk to college students, that's the, one of the first things I tell them is like, reach out, collaborate. I tell them like, you have to be on Twitter. Like every chance I get, I'm telling <laughs> teachers, get on Twitter. There's so much good stuff out there. I agree. So let's kind of talk about you being this teacher of teachers now. You have this passion for anti-racism education and increased representation for teachers of color. So what kind of work are you doing in that space now that you are this teacher of teachers? So, you know, I think we have a unique perspective and experience here in New Mexico where we do have, you know, a fairly healthy population of um, uh, Latinx teachers, for example, um, because of our, our state demographic. Um, but we know, we know that it matters. It matters when kids have teachers who um, look like them or have ser- similar backgrounds. And I have to say that as a Latina educator, um, when I started teaching in the South Valley of Albuquerque and standing in front of students who um, looked like me and had, um, not all of them, but some of them having s- similar backgrounds to me, it caught me off guard how, um, how significant that was to me also and having that opportunity to have that reflected and we teach all of our students and we want to have classrooms that are mirrors where students can see themselves and we want our classrooms to be windows where students see other other people's experiences and other people's backgrounds and we know it matters we know that in our children's educational uh, experiences we want them to have a diversity of teachers. And so that comes down to our recruiting and our educating of um, a diversity of teachers. And I'm always so compelled by when we talk to our high school students and we talk about their career paths, how often do we say, being a teacher is awesome. And you are bright and you are intelligent and you're creative and you would make an amazing teacher. And sometimes I think we feel like that um, is setting the bar low, but I think that's where we set the bar incredibly, incredibly high. Um, and so I know like um, organizations like Educators Rising that, um, that work across our state in New Mexico, particularly to invite our young people into the, into the teaching profession um, because we need them. Um, we also know in New Mexico, we have a, a teacher shortage. And so looking at uh, the diverse ways in which teachers come to teaching, right? So I have a I came through a traditional path. I have a bachelor's degree in elementary ed. I have a master's degree in secondary ed. I know nothing else really. 
and we have teachers, you said you had a journalism background, we have teachers that are coming to the profession that are bringing so much wealth of experience, knowledge, background, and passion to our classrooms. And so, um, you know, the impact that we have in the classroom is significant. And then recognizing um, that I can't fix things, but I feel like I can help. I can't fix what's happening, but I can help. Um, and having this real passion for how do we prepare our next generation of teachers um, to educate our next generation of children in New Mexico. And that's something that I, I worry about. My daughter is a senior in high school. She's almost done. But I worry about, um, are we going to have enough teachers for our kids? And are we going to have teachers in our classrooms who feel passionate and who feel supported and who feel ready um, and who feel curious to keep learning so that um, they're growing as practitioners and, and they're making a difference in their students' lives. So uh, making the transition out of the K-12 classroom um, was humbling and weird. Um, and I miss the kids a lot. Um, and I am so humbled and so proud to join the um, teacher, teacher education faculty at um, CNM, Central New Mexico Community College, and um, joining the faculty in the Alternative Teacher Licensure Program um, to uh, prepare and to support our early career teachers who are already in the classroom and our pre-service teachers who are getting ready to go in the classroom. And um, they're, you know, in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, our teachers are struggling. All of us, all teachers are struggling. But I can't imagine entering, can you, Mandy, can you imagine entering the teaching profession right now? And our, our teachers are doing it and they're working very hard and, um, I think we're all trying to figure out A, how to do it, and B, how to support each other so that you mentioned the burnout. There's a lot of fear that comes with teaching in ways that we don't know. There's a lot of shame and guilt that might come with, oh my gosh, am I doing right by the kids because we just don't know. And so starting my work in teacher education in the time of a pandemic has been <laughs> eye-opening and humbling and confusing and thrilling and a point of a privilege I, I get to I get to do this work I feel so privileged I just you know think back to my first year of teaching and, and <laughs> I don't know very many teachers who uh, who think that that was just an amazing year <laughs> and I can't imagine you know being thrust into the middle of all of this um, this craziness right now mm -hmm. so just talking about the pandemic how and I know you just kind of started being um, you know working with upcoming teachers, but how do you think that colleges kind of have to shift as far as prep classes go to reflect, you know, what could be a major change in how we do education, right? We have this opportunity to change the way we're doing things to make it better. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you think teacher prep programs need to go about kind of embracing all that's going on right now? So it's interesting because I, I did join the faculty in the, in this, for the summer semester. So that was, I came on board in May. Um, and watching what just kind of happened to everyone across right the globe transitioning to virtual learning in the time of crisis. And so, um, you know, everyone kind of scrambling to make almost a one-to-one -one transfer, right? Like what we're doing, we're just going to kind of go ahead and put it on. And I feel like um, community colleges in particular um, across the region and across the country, you know, their adaptation to diverse learners in communities um, there, there is already an infrastructure for distance learning. Um, and I think that is an area of expertise that a lot of us could draw from and a lot of us can learn from. Um, and and how, to, how to embrace it, 
honestly, and the, the infrastructure that comes, comes along with it. So um, when I think about teacher ed, I think about two things. One, I think about are we preparing our teachers for tomorrow? Literally, like, what are you going to do the next day? I say, yes, we are. And then I think we need to think about, obviously, how are we preparing our teachers for next year and beyond? And I think that's, that's what's scary is we don't know. But I think what we're recognizing as we're, you know, coming into the winter months is um, this may be the way it will be for a while. And the it, changes where just like you said, the changes we're experiencing, some of them will stick. And this is going to significantly change the landscape of what teaching and learning looks like. I, I, think, I think we can safely say that for a lot of our students across the country. And so when I think about our, our early career and pre-service teachers, it's not about preparing them for that exact classroom. It's about preparing them for what it means to be a teacher. And that hasn't changed, right? We're flexible. We keep learning. We are always, you know, getting professional development at the school level and beyond. Um, so, so that hasn't changed. But I also think it is the, the tie between the importance and relevancy of technology. Absolutely. We can't do it without it. And the importance and relevancy of just good pedagogy. And so when we can stick to that good pedagogy, when we can stick to humanizing our educational experiences with our kids, building relationships, um, checking in on them, thinking about our grading practices, our grading practices right now, they're just problematic, right? <laughs> um, and, and how that probably is going to need some serious, some serious attention sooner than later. Um, and how our early career teachers, how all of our teachers, can feel like they have agency in helping to design this reimagined landscape of teaching and learning. So how do we, how do we support teachers' voice, teachers' advocacy, so that they feel like they are, they're part of this conversation? Um, because teachers, um, they, right? Teachers know, know a lot. Um, and that experience is, is vital. To, to the moves that we're, we're, going to, we're going to make moving forward. Um, all that to say, I'm learning too, aren't you're learning. Like we're all learning how to do this. Um, there's no like um, playbook that K-12 or uh, K-12 educators are following right now in mass, right? Where we are educating millions of children in this way. And so um, I think it is that application of good pedagogy and finding our people and working with our people and also recognizing the humility that comes with it. Like that didn't work. <laughs> and also recognizing that we just have to extend ourselves some, some grace because this is unprecedented work. My theme, um, and I've mentioned this, but my theme this, this year with my students and with anyone actually that I have the privilege to talk to is, is really this idea. We were never meant to do this alone. And so even when I have my teacher education students who are grappling with a data set when we are trying to create a lesson plan based on student data, um, and they're grappling with this data set and they're, you know, frustrated and I, I finally um, cajole them to get on Zoom with me and, and I say to them, if I had this data set as a teacher and I was confused about it, because this is kind of confusing, I would take this piece of paper, I'd walk to the teacher next door, I'd open that door and I would say, I don't get it. And we would look at it together. 
We're never meant to do this alone. And so even in our work as in preparing to be a teacher, and I think the view, right, we see one teacher, one classroom, all these students, there's this perception that um, it is an isolating um, and contained, right, kind of existence. And that's not healthy. Um, and we know that that's not possible. And so in this time, any time as a teacher, but in this time particularly, we have to find our people and, and our, our teaching staff, our educational staff, those are our people. And then we find our people who um, we can complain to and then who are going to say to us, and what are you going to do about it? And we find our people who are going to be able to give us that advice, like help. I'm reaching out to those people who I need some advice from. And then um, we find our people who um, need us too. Well, thank you, Jen, and uh, thank you for your important messages, um, for the important work that you're doing, um, and just the way that you're leading the profession. I think when our students, you know, see more teachers like you, it's going to inspire them to come on board and, 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 be, those, and be those teachers, too. Thank you, Mandy, and thank you for representing New Mexico teachers so very well this past year. Um, yeah, it's just been thrilling to have you as our Teacher of the Year, and um, enjoy the next couple months of, of your reign. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jen. And thank you to the NMPED and Namoga for its sponsorship. May your Twitter account be active, and may you always have that teacher friend at the end of a Zoom call. Thanks for listening.